Pet Milk Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> the first evaporated milk, Pet Milk, presents Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Dick Legrand, Cliff Arquette, Ken Christie, Peggy Knudsen, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie and directed by Max Hutto with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. In recent months, Pet Milk Company has celebrated five special birthdays. Yes, in the past five months, five sets of Pet Milk quadruplets have had birthdays. And now comes another special Pet Milk birthday. Tomorrow, the Fultz quadruplets, those four identical little Negro girls of Reedsville, North Carolina, will be five years old. And during that time, they have developed from tiny babies of three pounds each to sturdy, vigorous youngsters of over 45 pounds. Now, much of the credit for this exceptional development goes to the wise doctor who, shortly after the babies were born, approved pet milk for their feeding. And they've had no other kind of milk since then. In pet milk, these babies have had uniformly rich, whole milk. Milk that is as surely safe in its sealed container as if there were no germ of disease in the world. Milk that is always easy to digest and is fortified with pure crystalline vitamin D. No wonder that the full quadruplets have developed into sturdy, vigorous, happy children. If a fellow had his wife in his car and was taking her to Kramer's Drugstore at 14th and Oak for a soda, would you say he was driving her to drink? <laughs> oh, you wouldn't. Well, anyway, here they are in the car, Fibber McGee and Molly. Raspberry, I don't want a McGee soda that badly. Huh? I mean, don't drive so fast, McGee. I don't want a raspberry soda. I ain't driving fast. Legal limit, that's all. Well, I'm glad you finally decided to speak to me. You've been silent for three blocks. What do you mean, silent? Didn't you see that sign? Hospital zone? <laughs> oh my gosh. Anybody that he's thoughtless enough to yakety-yak going through a quiet zone is... And anyway, I'm in kind of a hurry. After you have your soda, i got to go to a PTA meeting. A PTA meeting? Mm -hmm. You? Well, what on earth do you have to go to? Oh, my gosh. What's the matter? Oh, I was so busy talking to you, I went right through that red light. Well, it wasn't very red. Huh? <laughs> oh, with the sun shining through it, it was just sort of a shocking pink. <laughs> anyway, nobody saw you do it. That, my dear, is not the point. The point is, I have busted the law. And I'm just as guilty as if I'd have been saw by eight cops. Molly, you've got to turn me in. I will not turn you in. Huh? I've kept you this long and I'm used to you. <laughs> Besides, what could I get on a trade point? No, no, I mean to the... <laughs> to the cops, to the cops. By George, I committed a traffic violation and I'm going to make an example of me this time. Turn myself in, pay the fine, teach myself a lesson. Well, I will say Mother is proud of this sudden flare-up of conscience, sweetheart, but aren't you going a little too far? No, just to the police station. <laughs> it's right here, right handy. Like it always is, maybe. Yeah. Maybe this will learn me to be more careful, Molly. I might have hurt somebody running through that stop signal. Me, for instance. Well, heaven forbid. 
Well, what do you think they'll fine you for this little thing? I don't care what it costs. I'll pay it. Five bucks, ten bucks even. I don't care if it's fifty. Well, ten anyhow. <laughs> it's over ten, I can run through another light on the way home to get my money's worth. <laughs> oh, come on, kiddo. Let's go. See, incidentally, what was this business about going to the PTA meeting? When did you join the... Uh-oh. Tell me later. Here comes Oli from the Elks Club. Huh? Oh, hi, Oli. Hello, Oli. Well, hello, missus. Hello, McGee. <laughs> hey, what you going in the police station for, McGee? You took an advice of the boys at the Elks Club and given yourself up? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he's doing, Ollie. He ran through a stop sign at 14th and Oak. Yep, I didn't see the sign, Ollie. Oh, that's very dangerous, McGee. My cousin in Milwaukee, he lost the same thing last week. Oh, is that so? He was driving downtown, and when he wasn't looking, he runs through a sign. Yeah, was it a red sign that said stop? No, it was a canvas sign that says, Welcome, General McArthur. <laughs> And after he drives through it, it just says, well, General McArthur. I tell you, you have to be mighty careful in traffic these days, Ollie. Say, does your wife drive a car? She used to, missus, back in Sweden. That's how me, we meet, me and my missus. How, head on? No, I was working on a farm, McGee. Huh? One day she drives by and waves at me with a little lace handkerchief. Oh, that's cute. I was plowing at the time, and I absentmindedly waved back with the plow. <laughs> She gives a little squeal and runs her car off the road and clear through the barnyard. My gosh, did the cops see her do it? Well, the sheriff comes right away, but he don't arrest her. He lets her go with a warning. Oh, uh, first offense, huh? Sure, first offense, and then a telephone pole, and then another friend. <laughs> but she finally stops the car. Well, that's but... all very interesting, Ollie, but this ain't paying my debt to society. I gotta get in the police station here and get oh, this oh, thing... Oh, be before you go, McGee, I got a message to give you from the Elves Club. Yeah? They want you to be chairman of the new committee. It's oh. called the Keep Out Members That Don't Pay Their Dues Committee. Oh, well, that's a good idea. What do I do? <laughs> Keep out. So long. <laughs> oh, come on, Molly. I want to pay my fine here and clear my conscience so I can... Uh, hey, bud, uh, you the chief? Wait till I look at this badge on my cap here. Yeah, that's what it says, Chief of Police. What can I do for you, mister? Well, he has a confession to make, Chief. He's been a bad boy. Smoking behind the barn again, Sonny? <laughs> nope, I run through a stoplight at 14th and Oak, Chief, on account of I didn't see it. But I realized right away... All right, just take your ticket to the traffic violation window on the second floor. I ain't got a ticket. Nobody's seen me do it. What? What are you doing here? Well, this may surprise you, Chief. It did me, but he's just honest, that's all. Yep. I busted the law. Inadvertently, of course. And I'm ready to make a full confession. How much I owe you? Holy smoke, let me get this straight. Huh? You run a red light, nobody saw you, you come in here to rat on yourself. Yep. Hey, Eddie, did you hear that? I can't believe it, Chief. Congratulations, mister. <laughs> McGee's the name, Fibber McGee. I'd like to shake your hand, McGee. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Shucks, it was nothing that any red-blooded American boy wouldn't have done. It's something no red-blooded American boy has done in all my 30 years as a cop. Thanks for brightening my day, McGee. I wish I could take your $10, but thanks anyhow. I can't find you. What do you mean you can't find me? There's a law, ain't there? I busted, didn't I? But you see... I confess, I'm guilty. What do you want me to do, take the third degree? No, 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 but we can't... Well, stop stalling. Take my 10 bucks and give me a receipt. Well... Give him ten bucks, Molly. What? Oh. There you are, sir. 
Look, lady, this is very honest of your husband. We appreciate it. But the law is very plain. We can't arrest a man unless somebody sees the crime committed. Nobody saw him, Oh, so... yes, somebody saw him. I saw him. You betcha. That's no good, McGee. Hmm? Wife can't testify against her husband. Now, I'm a little busy here, so if you'll just oh, run you're along... Oh, you give me the roust, eh? Well, by George, I know my rights. I'm a taxpayer and a criminal. And I got a right to pay my rights. You heard what the chief said, McGee. Now, uh, kindly haul your freight before we have to judge you for creating a disturbance. I don't know. I don't want to be judged for creating a disturbance. I want to be judged for running a stoplight. I got influence in this town. I'll see the mayor. I'll blow the lid off. I'll show you. Here's a new composition by Billy Mills and Toby Sarinsky. The Doodlin. When can we see the mayor? I've been waiting here six or seven minutes. And by George... What was the name, sir? Latrivia. My goodness, you ought to know the name of the mayor. I didn't mean the mayor's name, madam. I mean this gentleman here. What gentleman? Oh, me. <laughs> well, I, I'm Fever McGee, sis. And I want to see the mayor. I want to correct the horrible case of Miss Justice. Just a moment, sir. I'll see if he can give you a minute. Good. Yes, Miss Doberman? A gentleman to see you, Mr. Mayor. He says it's urgent. Who is it? A Mr. McGraw. Tell Mr. McGraw to come right in. Tell him it ain't McGraw. It's McGee. The name is McGee, Mr. Mayor. Oh, well, tell Mr. McGee I'm out. In that case, I'll be McGraw. Come on, Molly. Just a minute, sir. You can't go in there. Hi, Latrivia. Remember us, Mr. Mayor? Mr. and Mrs. Fibber McGraw? <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I didn't realize who... <laughs> If I'd known you were with him, I'd... Well, sit down. 
Thanks, Octavia. Oh. <sighs> now, here's the situation. I was driving... Oh, excuse me. Uh, yes? Oh, yes, you have my speech ready for the dedication. Yes. Well, I have one correction. In paragraph 7, page 245, <laughs> strike out the phrase, the little red schoolhouse. Yes, make it the little red, white, and blue schoolhouse. <laughs> These are sensitive days. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Sherwood. Uh, now then, folks, you were... Uh... Heavenly days. Does your speech run 245 pages? Yes, but it's on thick paper. <laughs> now then, uh, what was it, McGee? The trivia, I want to correct the horrible instance of misjustice. I've just ran up against a fragrant case of non-prosecution. <laughs> fragrant, dearie, not fragrant. I mean fragrant. It smells. <laughs> the trivia, your police force is riddled with corruption. They won't persecute a guilty man. They won't fine a guy ten bucks that he comes involuntary and confesses to a legal violation. And do you realize wait, that you're... Wait, wait, chief... wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Mm -hmm. You tell me, Molly. Well, it's very simple, Mr. Mayor. A, he ran through a red light. Yeah, you tell him. <laughs> a, he ran through a red light. Yeah. B, he tried to arrest himself and pay the fine. Fine. C, they wouldn't take it. And from D through X, Y, Z, he's pretty upset about it. Yeah. Now, I want to know what's the use of being honest if nobody's going to take advantage of you. A good question, and one which rarely arises in politics. Look, McGee, you go back to the chief and tell him I sent you. Oh, swell. And when you get there, hand him this dollar bill. Huh? Oh, what's the dollar for, Mr. Mayor? In politics, Molly, this is known as passing the buck. Okay. <laughs> Now I'm determined to get that chief of police his job. I'm going to take steps to have that guy impaired. Wrong Bishop Root, dear. You mean impeached? I do. Sure. He's already impaired. Any public official who won't take $10 from an honest citizen is really handicapped. <laughs> and by the way, I want to know about this PTA business. Uh, just what Now, never you... mind that now, Tootsie. The point is, what's the use of enforcing the law when a guy like Wilcox? Who? Me. <laughs> what are you so excited about, Val? Junior? Junior? Do you realize, do you realize, do you realize that our city administration is riddled with honesty? Is that bad? Well, McGee thinks so. He ran through a red light, arrested himself, went down to pay the fine, and they wouldn't take it because uh, nobody witnessed the crime. Yeah, no, ain't that awful, Junior? Do you realize that when an honest citizen tries to throw $10 on the drum and they won't take it, it makes a mockery of the law? Pal, and... pal, I'm glad you brought that up. About what up, Mr. Wilcox? About the drum and the mockery. Drum and the mockery? Yeah. Do you realize that the pet milk recipe of the week is mock drumsticks? Uh -huh. And I was just on my way to the mayor's office to suggest that this be made National Mock Drumstick Week. Mock drumsticks. Yeah, week. Whole look, week Junior, it. look. If you think I'm going to go out and shoot mockingbirds just to get a couple of drumsticks... <laughs> But anyway, they wouldn't have enough meat on them. No, no, them. dearie, no, not mockingbirds. Well, what then? There ain't any such bird as a mock. 
Look. <laughs> Look, pal, you can get the recipe. Grocers all over the nation have it. And mock drumsticks is just one of the delicious and nutritious dishes. Oh, that's cute. Delicious and nutritious dishes. <laughs> that you can serve, because pet milk shows you how you can cut your food budget and still serve tasty meat dishes that don't skimp on quality or nutrition. Because pet milk is fine for making all Here sorts... Here I try to pay my fine and... It's fine. As you said, it's fine for making the most of the least. I was afraid that's what and I said. fine cooks. <laughs> and fine cooks everywhere love it because it's just good, sweet country milk made double rich through evaporation. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Uh, uh, milky. <laughs> you know a good lawyer? Lawyer? McGee, you're not going to... Oh, yes, I am, kiddo. I'm going to be prosecuted for my crime if I have to throw myself on the Supreme Court. Full length. I can't go through life with this sin on my mind. I want to pay my debt to society. You know a good lawyer, Junior? Sure, sure, sure. My cousin, Big Mouthpiece Wilcox. Oh, Big Mouthpiece Wilcox. Say, isn't he the gray-haired man who was a colonel in the last war, Mr. Wilcox? Oh, I know him, sure. And his hair ain't gray. It's white. Why don't he touch it up a little, Junior? On account of the old song, sweetheart, old soldiers never die. <laughs> That's so right, Molly. And I'll call him, kids. I'll have him meet you at the police station. So long, Al. <laughs> Soldiers never... Oh, hi, bud. Are you Big Mouthpiece Wilcox? That he was to meet us here in the police station where we are now? No, sir. I am Ipso J. Facto, sir. The criminal lawyer. Oh, well, I must say you look the part. <laughs> Thank you, madam. Not at all. Or hardly at all. Mr. Wilcox sent me to handle your case, sir, because he was tied up in his office. Business? No, burglars. <laughs> They tied him up so tight that... Well, let's get down to cases, sir. <laughs> I am perfectly capable of handling this case. Uh -huh. They have a saying around the courtrooms, Ipsy's a daisy. <laughs> oh, Ipsy, that's me. Ipso J. Factor. Now, pardon I... me. What was that, sir? He said pardon him. Well, now, I'm afraid that's a little beyond my province, madam, because <laughs> my province is Saskatchewan. And to be pardoned, he must go to the governor. Fortunately, the governor and I are very close, although the governor is much the closer of the two. <laughs> I remember one time at a stud poker game, I... Now, wait a minute, hold it. <laughs> My gosh, I've never seen such a gabby lawyer. Aren't I, though? You should hear me before a jury of 11 good men and true. You mean 12 good men and true. No, I always manage to get to at least one of them. <laughs> anyway, when I address a jury, I have them spellbound. This is proved by the fact that they're always bound to be sent my clients away for quite a spell. <laughs> <laughs> now then, in your case, Mr. Duff... Who? You, in your case, Claude. Claude? His name isn't Claude. You mean this is not Claude Duff, the cat burglar? Not the... Well, you can admit it to me, sir. The relations between an attorney and a client are sacred, even to me. Oh, so wait you... a minute. Now, look, Buster, I ain't no cat burglar. He never stole a cat in his life. Excellent. Excellent. This is the attitude I like in a client. Deny everything. Now, look, Chief. Yeah, what do you want? 
As Mr. Duff's attorney, I demand... My name ain't Duff. Tell him, Chief. It's McGee. I stand corrected. Chief McGee, I demand... My name is not McGee. My name is Flattery. And Flattery will get us no place, will you, Flattery? <laughs> not if I can possibly... Now, Lord. I demand my client's immediate release. He is innocent. I am not. You are too. He is not. I am so. Please quiet, Mr. Duff. I, I won't be quiet. Oh, yes, you will. You'll all be quiet. I've had all this $10 fine business I'm not going to take. Get out of here. Yeah, Chief. Carmo, McCray, Canfield, get this Airedale out of here. Throw him out. 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 King's men and a throw him out. Once sat in a tavern of true and talked to the wife he adored. He said she's a dear as he cried in his beer. Then everyone stood up and roared. Throw him out. We don't want him in here. Throw him out and close the door. Shut the door. Throw him out. We don't want him in here and don't let him in anymore. Said I've been mean to my darling, my darling, although she's a wonderful dream. He talked half the night of his sorrowful plight till everyone started to scream. Ah, throw him out! We don't want him in here. Toss him out and close the door. Throw him out! Get that bum out of here and don't let him in anymore. Jailhouse. They locked him away in a cell. He kept right on groaning and weeping and moaning till everyone started to yell. Throw him out! We don't want him in here. Throw him out and close the door. Throw him out! We don't want him in here. And don't bring him back anymore. I ain't given this thing up yet, kiddo. Some lawyer Wilcox sent me to. We don't know enough about law to spring an old sofa. Come on. The car's down this way. Well, what do we do now? Right to our congressman? We ain't got a congressman, Molly. We didn't vote last time, remember? <laughs> Here, here's the car. I'll get in first and we'll go home and pick Hello it up. Hello there, kids! Well, hi, daughter. Hi, Johnny. Oh, oh hi there, old Johnny. Hey, you kids seen anything of Bessie? No, we haven't. How is Bessie these days, anyway? Just fine, daughter. Yeah. Cuter than a bug's ear and wetter than a sponge. Got <laughs> out of a canoe at Dugan's Lake. Yeah? You went canoeing, eh? Yep. Me and Bessie rented us a canoe and went fishing, Johnny. Oh, fine. All day long. <laughs> Yesterday, it must have been pretty warm in the sun out there. Uh, I didn't sit in the sun, daughter. I sat in the shade. Of what? Bessie. <laughs> <laughs> She's a mighty shady character on a sunny day, Bessie is. <laughs> we fished all day. Yeah, did you catch anything? I sure did, Johnny. Yeah? Very first cast. I flung my line out, snapped it back and hooked into a 200-pounder that was fighting mad. Oh, boy, a 200-pounder. What was it? Bessie. 
the bow of the boat, and Bessie sat in the stern, and that's where I hooked her kids from the bow. <laughs> Well, that must have hurt. I couldn't feel a thing, daughter. But Bessie bellowed like a bee stung mule and took off like a trout. Yeah? She peeled off 40 yards of line and headed for the middle of the lake. Boy. I snubbed her up with a rod and she broke water like a big mouth bass. Made <laughs> three beautiful leaps and another run before she tired out. Yeah? I was just about to slip the net under her when another fisherman cast with a purple spinner and what? <laughs> she went again. <laughs> Just a fin showing. A fin? Yep. That was her share of the rent on the canoe. <laughs> oh, that was Bessie, a sport to the last. Well, so long, kids. Goodbye. <laughs> Well, I know one thing, Molly. From now on, I'm going to watch that police department like a hawk. If I can get anything on them guys... Careful, dearie, careful. Here comes a squad car right now. Yeah, look at them, the dirty crooks. Probably looking for some innocent citizen that hasn't done nothing. So they can arrest him while a confessed lawbreaker like me... Hey! Hey! Hey, them guys are running through that stop sign. Say, they did it that, McGee, but I suppose the police... Hey! Hey, police! Hey, you guys in the police car! Stop! Police! Hey, stop! What are you going to do? I'm going to arrest them for going through a stoplight. You can't arrest anybody. I beg your pardon. Anybody can arrest anybody if they see a felony being committed, which I just did. Who hollered for the police? Who yelled at us? Oh, you again. Yes, me again. You went through a red light without stopping, Chief. Let me see your driver's license. Make it snappy. Well, well, uh, look, McGee, I'm sorry. But I was late to my PTA meeting. What? Hey, wait a minute, Chief. You belong to the PTA? You going to the meeting at the pet shop? Yeah. Oh. You too? Yeah. Well, come on. Get in the squad car and we'll turn on the siren. Now, oh. just a minute. <laughs> I want to know what this is all about. What's this about a PTA meeting at the pet shop? And why at the pet shop? Oh, I guess I never had a chance to tell you, Molly. A bunch of us guys, like the chief here and some more guys, well, it's a humanitarian idea. Yes, those poor little feathered creatures, strangers in a strange land. Can't speak a word of English. So we teach them. Teach who? Teach who what? The parrots. At the pet shop. We teach the parrots to talk English. We formed a club, the Parrot Teachers Association. Bring your wife, McGee. We'll make her a member. I have another humanitarian idea. What's that? Include me out. I'm going to Kramer's drugstore and get my soda. Vivian Molly return in a moment. Say, are you looking for ways to cut down on your food bill and still give your family the satisfying, nourishing meat dishes that mean so much? Well, then you'll certainly want to try Mary Lee Taylor's pet milk recipe for mock drumsticks. A top stove, one-dish dinner that's as nourishing as it is economical. This recipe is such a big favorite, it's now being featured in grocery stores from coast to coast. Look for it in your grocery store, right along with the display of pet milk. And remember, when you use pet evaporated milk, it's easy to have extra good meals at lower cost for two reasons. One, pet milk is double-rich milk, sweet country milk concentrated to double richness. And two, pet milk costs less generally than any other form of milk. Get a supply of pet milk at your grocer's tomorrow. And sometime soon, treat your family to delicious mock drumsticks. Well, how was the 
parent-teacher's meeting, dearie. Constructive? Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of them little pollies sure learn quick. I was teaching one of them to talk, and all of a sudden he cocks his eye at me, and he says, Hey, Bob, where's your feathers? <laughs> I sure had to think fast on that one. What did you say? I says, I'm molten. <laughs> and he says, I'm glad to know you, molten. I'm Smith. <laughs> That's great fun. Hey, I'm hungry. What can I get you? Oh, just a cracker. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. Have you ever tried to settle a neighborhood quarrel? Well, then you know that trying to be a peacemaker isn't easy. And that's what young wife Sally Carter discovers in the amusing story of the week on Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning. You'll also hear the Pet Milk recipe of the week for chocolate crisps, delicious cookies that are quick and easy to make with everyday ingredients. For a full half hour of entertainment and helpful service, turn your dial to NBC next Saturday morning for Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor. Steve Wilson combats crime in Big Town, next over most NBC stations.